0: next step that's 1-80-639-8783. or text next step to 53342 New York call the 247 Hope line at 187-8 hope and or text hope and y 467369 this episode is brought to you by Reese's peanut butter cups. In breaking news leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag podcast every Wednesday, where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. <laughs> you sure did. That
1: just went you by fast.
0: Gotta to, to casually toss that out.
1: I would like to have an alien a hatchet young inside. Holy
2: shit, really? She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall.
3: I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got in trouble.
1: <laughs> they wake you up from the goo pods. To live in reality and you're naked and screaming it's like <laughs> follow us for free on apple podcasts and all major podcast platforms for more
0: information go to chinwagpod.fm
1: and find enlightenment through our instagram or tiktok at chinwagpod or on twitter at chinwag_pod. underscore pod R Slash is a hilarious podcast where Dabney Bailey uses ridiculous voices and emotions to
0: read aloud the week's craziest Reddit posts. He
1: reenacts various Reddit threads covering wild stories and secrets, petty revenge, relationships, and much more. So
3: if you're looking for a daily distraction and a laugh, check out R Slash wherever
0: you get your podcasts.
2: Your pics have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show. Isn't, Isn't it? it? Isn't, Isn't it? it? It's Isn't possible.
0: It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock.
2: It's a fuckhouse. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind.
0: Poppycock. What story? <laughs> what story? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet yeah. to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker.
2: <laughs> remember that.
1: You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit.
2: Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. So I was legitimately offended. You were I, offended. Was a, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean! detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail please don't lie one two three four five six seven I'm holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking all over
0: This is the addendum to the waiting episode of Cinephobe. Zach Harper, that's Amino Hassan, that's Anthony Mays. And we couldn't do the movie Waiting without getting the thoughts of an actual expert. And so I'll just be up front with you. Forever we've been holding this movie because there was a chance we were going to get Guy Fieri. Was there? Yeah. There's a chance? I was talking to his people. Turns out, <laughs> very low on the totem pole for a guy whose <laughs> schedule is... I don't know, maybe made up. I don't know what's going on, but tried for a while, just kind of touching base here and there. Did you try
1: Taffer? Did not
0: try Taffer.
1: I did not try John Taffer. So what you're saying is I'm like fifth or sixth on your fucking list?
0: No, you're second on the (laughs) list. You just weren't first. That's what I'm saying. So The the one and only Chef Reactions on TikTok, on Instagram, (laughs) on Twitter. He's everywhere. He's got millions of followers. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us on this addendum to waiting. We've already recorded our episode of this, but We do this every once in a while when we get a special guest and we have a special movie. And I feel like this movie, at least for me, I watched this movie a lot when it came out. This was a DVD that got worn out for me. You weren't a chef at that
1: point, right? I hadn't started just yet. I think I was maybe like one or two years before getting into kitchens. Did it make you want
0: to become a chef or did it make... Fuck no, dude.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was just a funny movie at the time. Like I was 2005. I was 22. So I was right in that sweet spot. These crude movies, these late night comedies, I guess they call them nowadays. But... Movies basically that couldn't get made today. Those were the kind of movies that I was into when I was 22. You know, the cruder, the better.
0: The pathway you took where a couple years later, you you get into a kitchen. Did you think that this was preparing you for that? Like when you start getting into becoming an, an actual chef, do you start thinking like, well, I've seen movies where the kitchen this happens, and the kitchen that happens, and the
2: five second rule. Zach, that was my question. Like when you started chefing, where you're like, hey, this happened and waiting.
0: Or you're just like trying to show someone your balls. No one's interested. They're <laughs> just like, no, what are you doing?
1: We're in a kitchen. Look, I've seen a lot of fucking ball sacks, a lot of assholes. <laughs> I've never been the guy to flash the sack. That's not really my style, but mm. I've worked in those environments really oh fuck dude the kitchen industry (laughs) batwing i've never seen the batwing thank thankfully but (laughs) the kitchen industry it used to be really toxic it still kind of is but there was always that pirate mentality in the kitchen of, of we don't give a fuck about you. You don't give a fuck about us. Let's cook your food. Let's fuck around. Let's have a good time and go home and get drunk and get high and do all those things, right? So I've worked with these kinds of people, but it didn't really prepare me for the realities of the kitchen life. But over the years, I've worked with every single character in that movie. <laughs> the accuracy in the different roles, yeah, it's pretty scary. Like Monty, every fucking restaurant has a Monty. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like There's just that one guy. Maybe not with all. All, all the statutory stuff, but there's always <laughs> that one smart ass
3: who's been there a pretty long time and thinks he's king shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Naomi, the really angry one. Yeah. Alana Ubach. She's been there too fucking long and she gets angry at everything that people... Can I get a glass of water? Motherfucker. You know what I
0: mean? Like, there's people like that too. I've dated a
1: few Naomi's for sure. <laughs> That's a shocker.
0: Dude, me
2: too. Me too. That's funny. That's what they call Zach. They do. Sure do. <laughs> Naomi of the podcast world? They call me too. Oh, me too. Oh, shit. Goddamn. Whoa!
1: that one flew right over my head man i didn't even pick up on that one
0: mine too i thought he was just calling me an angry waitress i didn't know what the <laughs> goodness. chef have you ever worked with a bishop
1: is that the dishwasher a yeah. wise sage dude every kitchen i've ever worked in has some dishwasher like that it's always some dude that's going to drop some crazy knowledge out of nowhere like some cryptic fucking like life advice that you wouldn't get from anywhere else There's a Bishop in every kitchen, man, like Sri Lankan dishwashers. I've learned so much from Sri Lankan dudes that can barely speak English just based off like three or four word like life advice sessions when I'm having a cigarette out back. Dishwashers are a different breed, man. A career dishwasher. Yeah, you don't want to fuck with those people. And they will teach you lessons that will literally change your life, just like Bishop did in that movie.
2: I want to ask a question to to Zach and Mays. I figured it would be accurate to the restaurant industry, but like, did you guys expect it to be this accurate. I thought it was just funny that they have a dishwasher that gives Sage advice like as a comedic tool. But what Chef is selling, is like, no, that's the thing. That's just everywhere.
0: Yeah. Because I was trying to think of like, all right, all the servers or bartenders or whatever that I've dated. All right, I've heard this and I've heard that. I felt like, okay, it's like kind of accurate.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Not like Chef saying I've worked with every single personality. I thought it was more <laughs>
3: specific to Rob McKittrick's experience. And I don't think he was necessarily taking too many leaps with any of the characters. I'm sure that he has worked with all of those personalities. But to hear Chef say, that you got one,
1: you got one at every restaurant in every corner of the country. It's pretty amazing. Dude, everybody's fucking each other in restaurants. like That I knew. Everybody under the age of 30 is fucking each other. It's very incestuous. The industry in general, like bartenders are fucking servers, servers fucking bartenders, cooks. Getting in the mix, the prep guy's cucked in the corner. Everybody's <laughs> playing musical sexual reproductive organs in the restaurant industry.
3: Would you say that it stays mostly within each restaurant or there's like cross restaurant pollination
1: kind of depends? That's what industry night is for. Industry night. That's exactly right, man. There's a lot of cross-breeding, I guess you could say, between different restaurants. But by and large, like people spend so much time at the restaurant that it's hard to meet other people and you end up developing bonds with, with people that you, maybe you wouldn't necessarily in a regular situation. Same thing with romantic interests. Like you're just around somebody for so long that eventually you're just like, oh, okay, I guess we're going to have sex now.
2: <laughs> that's how, that's how this podcast works. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Chef, I want to ask you away from the movie waiting. We were talking before we came on about your account, which I follow. I love, man. I love your videos. Appreciate you. Zach brought up a recent one of these awful creations that you critique. The sausage, what'd you call it, Zach? The sausage ambrosia. That's what he called it. He <laughs> called it sausage
0: ambrosia. My mom sent it to me. Yeah, it looks about white.
2: Yeah, I'm telling you, this recipe is so wonderful. I highly recommend trying it It's at not. Home.
1: Don't try it at the home. The sausage
2: recipe is ideal for... Just minutes, like yeah, it's like a fucking sausage, sausage
1: ambrosia salad.
2: And it looks. You show
1: up to the backyard barbecue or the cookout with this fucking thing. And a it's on It's on site. can go in the oven. You're going to put this in the oven? Ugh.
0: My parents are in on this now. My sister's in on this now. And they're sending it to me. I'm like, hold on a sec. I didn't even get a chance to watch this yet. You guys got to stop making the jokes and commenting.
2: Now, here's the funny thing. I've gotten to a point where I can watch and I can guess what your rating is gonna be on something yeah based on what they're doing and your commentary but the thing that shocks me every time and none more than the sausage ambrosia is that you always say I try it why would you try these awful things? Oh you have to <laughs> no
1: science yeah science hell no <laughs> it's all in this in the name of science dude my job is to taste things. You know what I mean, and and <laughs> I know that me taking a bite of that ain't gonna kill me. The worst thing that's gonna happen is I'm I'm gonna spit it out. Usually, it's curiosity because sometimes something may look like shit and may be prepared like shit, but then you take a bite and you're like. That's not that bad. And so, you know, every time I say that I would eat something or try something, that's no bullshit. I would legitimately try it or eat it. But my ratings, most of my ratings, I just pull out of my ass, to be honest with you. Like, it's just a number that pops into my head. It's kind of part of the joke in that, like, ratings in general are, like, so subjective. What does it fucking matter what number it is? You know what I mean? If I give something a 10, it doesn't necessarily mean it's perfect. It just means that I really like it. And a zero obviously means that it's a piece of shit.
2: I know when that motherfucker who makes, like, statues out of chocolate... Comes on, that shit's going like oh. 25 out of 10. 25,000, bro. Yeah, he's got
0: to be evil. He looks like the nicest guy in the world. I've seen him make dinosaurs and like working transformers. And ch- that can't be a mind that we should trust.
1: He's an evil genius, is what you're trying to say? Yeah, like he's
0: <laughs> just decided to use that for chocolate,
1: <laughs> but he could do
0: anything with it.
1: He's the Oppenheimer of chocolate, is what you're trying to <laughs> yes, say? Absolutely. Part of the appeal for me for somebody like that is I appreciate when people are better than me at things. And it infuriates me, but I'm mad at myself because I'm not that good at something like I fucking I can't make a dessert to save my life. And and when I was coming up in the industry, I had a chef that was like, just learn how to make a chocolate mousse. You'll be okay. Hire somebody else to do everything dessert wise. So (laughs) that's kind of the advice that I took. But so when I see him, it's jealousy when it boils down to it. I'm just fucking jealous.
0: What's the most annoying complaint that you get about you because like us in the basketball world oh you don't even watch the games or oh you're a clown or oh you're a casual what is it like people call you a dishwasher people call you
1: what's the annoying one They say that I'm not a real chef. They say I I buy my coat off of Amazon, (laughs) which is stupid. Like if I were to buy my coat off of Amazon, I wouldn't buy the ugly one that I wear in my fucking videos. I would buy like (laughs) a cool one that breathes. You know what I'm saying? Like I would buy like fly knit or some shit.
3: Right. That sounds like the same type of criticism, right? He doesn't even
1: cook the food. Yeah. You don't even cook the food. Yeah, It's fair though. I don't cook the food. (laughs) Professionally, I cook the food, but actually not anymore because I quit to become a content creator. But I did it for a long time and it just, now the shtick has become, I don't cook on camera. Like I've been offered some bags to cook on camera. Nah, I just don't want to. Damn. It's not worth it. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. I'll do anything for money. So that's crazy to me. Bro, talk to me offline.
2: (laughs) Especially if it's on camera. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Zach's there. Especially if it's on camera, I'll do it for free most
0: times.
1: (laughs) When's the last time you had seen this movie? Fuck, 10 years ago, maybe? Yeah. I watched it yesterday. And full disclosure, I fell asleep with like twenty minutes to go. No, oh, I mean, does that almost every movie that we watch? Yeah, not this movie. I started it in the middle of the day, though. Normally, if I start a movie past nine o'clock at night, oh, it's a wrap. I'm not finishing it.
3: So, is that a denigration of the movie? Did it put you to sleep, or
1: were you just tired? I was high as fuck. If I'm going to be t- totally honest with you, yeah, there
3: you go. <laughs> yeah. That'll do it. It did.
1: But you know what? To a certain extent, it did. Kind of speak to the movie, like maybe it's because I had seen it so many times. For me, rewatching comedies are, are tough after a certain point because, like, I don't know how old you guys are. I'm 40 years old, so back in the day, we didn't have memes. We just had. Quoting movies until you're absolutely sick of it.
2: Still doing it. Yep. <laughs> so do I. Right. That's what this podcast, podcast is, is also about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe it was a little column, a, a little column B, but it didn't age well. There was a statutory rape joke within the first five minutes.
2: Pretty major theme. Yeah. Of the movie. The thing that I pointed out was yes, Ryan Reynolds' character is a statutory rapist for all intents and purposes, and I kept waiting. Even though I'd watched the movie before, I couldn't remember the ending. I was like, there's a point where he gets his comeuppance, right? Like,
0: no. He just decides to wait a week. (laughs) That's it. Growth?
2: That's his big change. His growth.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Shit. Was the title Waiting not in reference to Waiting Tables, but in reference to Ryan Reynolds Waiting?
0: Oh, this is not a restaurant movie. This is a we're trying to not go to jail
1: movie. That's dark. Oh, no. We just took a dark turn on that.
2: I believe the website is Barely eighteen. Yeah, Jesus Christ. God. You're just
1: dropping <laughs> tags like that? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. Just for the record, any brands that are listening to this and thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe I want to get chef reactions to plug my shit. I do not condone anything statutory. Really
0: any of the themes of cinephobe. We forced you
1: on here. Like, this is not a you decision. I need fully legal. Minimum 30 years old. Fullylegal.com. That's a good one, too. Fullylegal.com. We're going to start that one. Yeah, the word barely does a lot of heavy
0: lifting in a lot of scenarios. It does. And I
1: also, I hate when, like, I was watching, fuck, don't judge me. I was watching 90 Day Fiance. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Okay. All right, cool. I was watching it in an early season because I had never watched it before, so I'm getting into it because I like garbage. So there's a guy in season two, and he kept using the word consenting. We're consenting adults, and blah blah oh. blah. And like, I get what you're trying to say, but when you keep using the word consenting, it's not good. No, it's not good. You know what I mean? Like it's just, mm. it's uncomfortable.
0: Also, if I can offer up 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days, okay, watch that first season. Someone gets shot. What, bro? There's a lot that happens. That's the one. It's like this creepy guy from Kentucky with this girl from Brazil. But she's like not from Rio, a two day journey up the Amazon River.
1: Uh, she's in the favelas.
0: Not even the favelas. She's legitimately in the jungle. Okay. And this is the most neurotic guy in the world. It's fantastic. It's an incredible season.
1: I've only watched two seasons, but you just described every couple on 90 Day Fiancé. Oh, it's amazing. I started to divert this conversation from waiting to 90 Day Fiancé. No, Zach's <laughs> never been happier. Yeah, I've been trying to turn this into a 90 Day Fiancé show for a long time. We'll talk off air. and We'll start a 90 Day Fiancé <laughs> podcast because that show
0: is insane. Done. And again, put it on camera. I won't even ask for money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of waiting, though, I wanted to ask your opinion on the term waiter or server because now everybody's called the server right and it's almost a pejorative to call somebody a waiter nowadays server sounds worse to me yeah it's one step removed from servant right like yeah (laughs) that's what the customers treat people like but to me it just always felt strange i don't have a problem i mean i also have never
0: worked food industry like i worked retail but that was the max the idea of then working in the food industry like i knew i didn't have that in me to deal with people in that way
1: i'm back house for a reason they don't let me out yeah (laughs) I can't imagine you being the friendliest waiter. Oh, your steak is overcooked. Huh. <laughs> you don't say pack it up, get the fuck out of here and never come back.
3: This is a leading question, but I have to ask it. So which character in waiting reminds you most of yourself? Oh, that's a good question. <sighs> Because I feel like that line that you just gave me right there <laughs> could have come out of Dan Cook in this movie and I would not have been surprised at all.
1: Yeah. In the kitchen, I'm surprisingly calm. Like, I don't raise my voice at people. I've worked for chefs like that. Like, I always say to people that I look at the generation of chefs kind of like our father's in that my grandfather was like kind of a dick to my dad my dad was a dick to me if i were to have kids i would be less of a dick you know what i mean like it kind of fades out it dilutes it dilutes yeah so i mean i've worked for the chefs that scream and yell and fucking throw firing pans and do all those things so i lean the opposite if i were to associate with anybody it would probably be dean justin long yeah i'm kind of a flatliner. nothing really moves the needle too much for your boy here i'm a little (laughs) dead inside as a result and and I saw him struggle with that decision of, do I take the middle management job or do I do my own thing? And I kind of saw myself in that. Because before I was a chef, I worked in insurance, dude. Damn, I fucking hated it. It was the worst. Can you imagine me working in an office? No. motherfuckers standing around talking about American (laughs) Idol at the fucking coffee machine. And I'm just like... I just
0: want to talk 90 Day Fiance. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just want to talk
1: shit. Yeah. Out of any of them, it would probably be Dean with a little T-dog thrown in there. (laughs) (laughs) I think
3: Dean is the audience avatar for sure. And the whole assistant manager storyline, just about everybody's had to cross that bridge at some point in their lives. They have... A job they're not crazy about do they take a step forward towards theoretically what david Keckner thinks is better
1: yeah. or do they get the hell out of there like dean decides to do i've had to deal with that like as recently as five six weeks ago you know what i mean like i started doing my tiktoks about a year ago and i was a working chef like i've been toiling away in obscurity working 70 80 hours a week and i thought that was going to be it for my life right and Over the last year, some crazy shits happened. You know, the chef reactions, things kind of took off. And eventually I had to make a decision, twofold. One, because my grandmother wasn't doing too well and I needed to focus more on taking care of her. And two, because I was starting to be presented with opportunities that just didn't make sense for me to go in and give 80 hours of my life for $1,000 every two weeks. Yeah, I was presented with that opportunity. It was kind of like shit or get off the pot to a certain extent. And even when I was playing with the idea, My grandmother who i take care of like i said 88 year old eastern european is like "Ah, but you got a steady paycheck every two weeks man (laughs) that's a steady paycheck that's always gonna be there until i fucking keel over a deep fryer at 45 and have a heart attack you know what i mean so I think maybe that's why it resonated with me even more so. You know, growing up, I probably would have said I was fucking, what's his name, Luis Guzman. Radimus, that's my guy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. when you were
3: saying you weren't the yelling cook, I was like, is he going to go Radimus on me here? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Man.
1: Yeah, I would have been Luis Guzman. Waving the towel when the clock's going
2: down. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. (laughs) Yes.
1: Oh, that's got to be something, man. What's
2: the worst buzzer beater you had come in at the end of shit? Oh,
1: fuck. Okay,
2: so (laughs) I'm working
1: by myself. I had already cut all my staff because it was a dead night. And we were going to close at 10 o'clock. Cut everybody around 8. I was just sitting around, fucking around on my phone, having cigarettes outside, counting the minutes. No bullshit. 959. I get a call back to the kitchen. Hey, chef, we're seating 10. Oh, That should not be allowed. 10 people, bro. Yo. A minute before the fucking kitchen was supposed to close. No. It gets better. Every single person ordered something different. So the key to a, a speedy dinner service is hoping that people order a bunch of the same shit. Instead of cooking one, you're cooking four of the same thing. But they all take the same amount of time. You can work out all the timing with that. And normally you have more than one set of hands to help you. In that case, I was screaming and swearing at that point, but there was nobody else in the kitchen with me. So that's why I say like I would never put somebody else into that environment. But when I'm by myself, it's motherfuckers and cocksuckers. It gets bad. What was the most annoying thing to cook? Oh, well done steak. If you come into a fucking restaurant and order a well done steak right as you're about to close, you deserve every bad thing that's gonna ever happen to you in your life.
2: Did they order that? Oh yeah. Did that group of 10 order a well done steak?
1: <laughs> Not only did one of them order a well done steak, another one ordered a medium, another one orders a rare.
2: Oh, oh my God. man, <laughs> You had Goldilocks
3: of the three bears coming <laughs> at 9.59?
1: Plus two pasta dishes, a couple sandwiches and a couple salads on top of that. So like, I'm trying to get all this shit together, me by myself. I had just cleaned my kitchen as well cause I was ready to go. Of course, I made a giant mess while I'm trying to get all these orders out. It was awful. After I put it out, I shut off the burner, shut off the deep fryer, just walked out of the kitchen. Like, fuck it. I'll clean it in the morning. I'm not dealing with this. <laughs>
2: oh, fuck that. Yeah. No. Taffer would have your ass on a platter if you did that. Oh, Taffer would have been pissed.
1: Yeah. Because we've become obsessed
0: with bar rescue over the last what's been two months now feels like a lot longer but wow only two months (laughs) space will just kind of put up with it but amin and i are texting each other screenshots and everything all the time about this show because it's just fucking nuts like it's all performative but it's insane the things that he says and comes his sciences which aren't science Twenty four thousand cars come by this building every day that's not science like that's
1: just not yeah that's Statistics, right? (laughs) But yeah, no, it's pretty staged. Yeah, but I'm sure he's a nice, nice man.
0: In that situation where you get ten at nine fifty nine, yeah, as a cook, you don't make any extra money from that, right?
1: Like they're not tipping you out. As a chef, I don't take tips. Oh, that's right. Yeah, those tips end up going to the cooks that left a couple hours ago. Mm, That sucks. I never take tips. Oh wow. When I was a cook, I took tips. When I was a chef, my cooks needed it more than I did. Yeah, I would never take tips unless, unless I did something huge by myself, like a buffet or a banquet or some shit like that, an offsite catering. But even then it was like, share the wealth. You know what I mean? I knew how shitty my cook's paychecks were because I was the one that had to sign them. So any other chance I can get to help them out a little bit financially, take that 60 bucks,
2: enjoy it. So chef, I used to work for an NBA team. What team? The Suns. I used to work for the Phoenix Suns. I worked for the Knicks too before that, but One of my favorite things that would happen is when the coach would get upset and cuss people out. Because on the one hand, you know, this is a serious moment and you guys got to lock in or whatever. But on the other hand, a lot of times coaches are fucking hilarious with the way they cuss. I had a coach once tell a player that he had one more rebound than Michael Jackson. (laughs) And Michael Jackson had died like a week earlier. And this player was like a huge Michael Jackson fan. And so we're standing in the corner trying to be very serious because, hey, we're trying to get you guys to lock in. Also, dying of laughter on the inside. What is the funniest thing that you've heard a chef cuss somebody else out with?
1: That's so hard to pinpoint because there have been so many. You know what? I'm going to tell you a big fuck up that I did and how my chef shamed me. I was an apprentice at the time and I was tasked with making gingerbread cake. So like a sponge cake that's gingerbread flavored. And I made the cake, came out beautiful, looked really good. Took it over to my chef, just a plain cake, just a sponge before it gets decorated. I take it to chef. I go, chef, try this for me. He took one bite of it, looked me dead in the eyes, and then slapped the cake out of my hands so that it went all over the floor. Didn't say a word and just walked off. And I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on? Like, it looks delicious, right? So I grabbed a piece off the floor because I'm a garbage human. <laughs> and I tried it. And I had used salt instead of sugar. Oh, uh, zero out of 10. <laughs> oh, no.
2: <laughs> would still try, though. Would we'll try, yeah. <laughs> that's a zero out of 10.
1: I would still try. I tried it. So for me, the silence was more embarrassing and more hurtful than anything he could have ever said to me. He gave me that look like, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. You know what I mean? He gave you the space to imagine your own insult. Dude, that's exactly what it was. That one cut me like a knife so now to this day that was like 15 years ago to this day anytime i work with salt or sugar gummers yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to know are any of the kitchens
0: you've worked in as disgusting as that one is from a cleanliness perspective
1: from a all right we maybe dropped this or maybe we did something like does that actually happen yep i've seen it a million times i've never done it personally. I've dropped my lunch or something like that when I'm cooking my own lunch at work. Maybe I'm making a steak sandwich or something and maybe it hits the deck when I'm taking it off the grill with tongs and it hits the deck. I'll eat it because it is what it is. The A little floor spice makes it extra nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that, but I've seen it happen. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Shenanigans, first of all, not a terrible name for a bar or a restaurant. Great name. It was kind of a cartoony caricature almost of restaurants. And I've definitely seen... Some dirty shit happened in places. I've worked in places like shenanigans. Kitsch everywhere and the fucking people wearing flare. Mm-hmm. I've worked in those places. So I've seen it. I've seen some bad shit happen. But my my kitchen, as soon as I got into a role, uh, head chef, executive chef, cleanliness for me is number one. I make people clean shit all the time. This is the most cliche praise in all of the hospitality industry, but you got time to lean, you got time to clean. (laughs) And for me, that was a really important thing. Like when the health inspector comes to my place, I'm not tripping. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not freaking out, like trying to hide the raw meat and this, that and the other thing. Cool. Go do your thing. I'm gonna pop out back, have a cigarette, come sign the form when you're done and just move on. But yeah, I've seen some grimy shit.
3: I'm sure that the send back with the pubic hair and the spit and all that is maybe a little bit exaggerated, but has there ever been a situation like that? where the cooks have been caught, like the customer realizes that
1: something's up and complains? Has it ever backfired? Like, hey, that's not my pube. Those pubes are way too short to be mine. (laughs) I don't think I've seen it. But I do have two stories. One is this is kind of like an urban legend. I don't know if it's true. But like there was apparently an olive garden that served a lady fettuccine Alfredo. And she had sent it back a couple times don't send back cream-based sauces. Oh, no. (laughs) So she received her food back, took it home, reheated it, and ate it, and started feeling a little unwell a couple days later. She still had a little bit of the food in her fridge, And it was determined that her fettuccine Alfredo was fettuccine Jizzfredo. Nice. Once you take it home, anybody could have come in that. What's a chain of custody on that? Only during the daytime, Zach. (laughs) Also, how much cum? 100 cc's, maybe? 100 cc, that's a lot, man. That's
2: a lot of cum, man, to, like,
1: successfully He's eating pineapple. What do you want? (laughs) I love that it's (laughs) an urban legend, man. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) this next story is 100% factual, and it's from the customer perspective. My mother and I, my mother passed away, God rest her soul. And mom, forgive me for what I'm about to put you on blast for. (laughs) And look, my mom was a single mom growing up. She used to stab air holes in my Air Max up tempos and put a rock in it when I needed new basketball shoes, when I would outgrow them and return them to sports authority. (laughs) So we went to an all you can eat buffet and we're having lunch at the end of the meal. My mother reaches into her purse, pulls out a Kleenex, opens it up and proceeds to pull out a dead fly that she brought from home. (laughs) and put it right in the middle of her plate. Oh, no. So we got that meal and the next five meals for free. It worked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was a hustler, that lady, man. That's just good ingenuity right there. You know, (laughs) I was embarrassed as fuck when I was younger. But as I grew older, I cannot knock the hustle. Yeah. She's a hustler. She would do that shit. She worked at a hospital. I would come home from school, and there would be, like, that big fucking roll of toilet paper. You know what I mean? Like the huge roll of toilet paper of the super thin one ply, like not even one ply, half ply toilet paper. <laughs> and it should be leaned up against the toilet. Well, this is what I'm wiping my ass with for the next eight months, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, mom. No, uh, no, no, no. I think she appreciates it
0: on some level, right? And look at you now. Look what you've become. She's got to be looking down proud. Bro, I got three ply toilet paper now, homie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wiping your ass with fucking towels, not paper towels, not toilet paper
3: towels. Hello, Listener. I'm sure you don't need me to tell you that we at Cinephobe love our pets. Zach and Boogie are inseparable. I've got two cats and a dog. And Amin is giving his best ass on performance to convince dog owners that he loves their pet.
2: Hey, little. Hey, boy. How you doing?
3: (laughs) Which is why today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. For many pet parents, summer is all about making travel plans like adventuring through the national parks, visiting pet-friendly beaches, or road tripping across the country. Wherever your journeys take you and your furry friend, you can help protect them along the way with the plan from ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetinsurance.com dings, D-I-N-G-S. That's ASPCAPetinsurance.com dings. Again, that's ASPCAPetinsurance.com dings. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher-turned-podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep
0: Of the workers, who's your favorite worker to work with with the personality from the movie Waiting and who's your least favorite? Because I actually feel like some might surprise people of the type of person you want to get along with for the next eight hours or whatever.
1: You want to be on Monty's good side. Yeah. Despite him being kind of a scumbag, you you want to be on, on the good side of a guy like that because he's the type of guy that'll fuck you over hard at work, try to blow up your shit. I could hang out with Luis Guzman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like his character, he seems like he would be fun. That's the kind of guy. Also, when you're in a kitchen, you want to have everybody on on the same page because service. If you're not on the same page, it's it's mental. Like you just don't want to even deal with that. Probably Luis Guzman, maybe a little bit of Monty, Nick and T Dog. No, you don't <laughs> want those guys working there. They're definitely not. Whether you've worked like service industry or retail or whatever, everyone's
0: had that David Keckner manager idea.
1: I actually I wrote that in my notes that he does such a good job of being that fucking loser middle management company man yeah carrying around the the spec sheets and carrying around his binder with him wherever he goes he does such a good job of nailing that character but yeah you don't want, that's not a guy you want to hang out with yeah. oh bishop you want to be on bishop's good side as well
0: yeah you never want to tell
1: him or maybe you could just wash the fucking dishes yeah. at the top of your lungs nope you want to very <laughs> politely ask him hey bishop do you mind uh, taking care of this for me and if you don't i'll take care of it myself don't worry about it yeah i have to say this before i forget emmanuel Shaqiri, clone. From entourage, fun forever, low key, top five, early two thousands.
2: Baddie, mm-hmm. I don't think it's low key. Yeah, that's very high. That key is very high
1: for the early two thousands. She's up there, man. She's aged like a fine wine, too. She makes
0: me think of Maxim magazine. Yes,
1: yes. there you go. <laughs> the Christina Aguilera issue of Maxim magazine.
3: To be fair, Zach, you don't need a lot of help to think about Maxim magazine. No, I don't. So it's always right there. You guys know me. I have every issue,
0: and it's all—they're all in pristine condition. <laughs> <laughs> and all the
1: pages are stuck. All the pages are stuck together. <laughs> yeah, you got to burn those, and when you burn them ghosts come out like when they burn homer Simpson's <laughs> underwear ghost of jack's past
0: <laughs> this is when
1: you were sad and doing this <laughs> uh, happy tissues or sad tissues yeah
0: <laughs>
3: i think i'll ride for alana yubak naomi's character i wouldn't mind working with that person because i do think she's good at her job the face that she does put on when she's on the floor is pretty amazing and then she also knows her shit because she's telling everybody what to do in the kitchen and stuff. I could see working with a person like that.
1: Yeah, like you always want to have somebody that's on top of their shit, 100%. Especially when you have to train new staff in a restaurant. But here's the problem is that attitude is infectious. Oh. So if you've got somebody that's like, fuck, I never want to be here. This place fucking sucks. Yeah. Eventually somebody else is gonna be like, you know what, this place does fucking suck. And I don't want to be here either. And that shit can spread like wildfire in a kitchen, especially. Like morale is super important. Working in a kitchen and working in a restaurant, it sucks, man.
0: There's no like redeeming part of it, right? That's how I felt with retail like even the discount. There's no part of this that's enjoyable.
1: I got into it because I loved food. I love cooking. But what working in the restaurant industry for so long did was make me hate cooking. I don't enjoy the act of cooking anymore. All my passion for it was sucked out of me by Karens and... Keckners and all those people <laughs> over the course of all the years and Naomi's like just working with people like that. Cause I've seen what happens to people in this industry and there's no, there's no exit strategy. Right. For people that do it for life. Okay. There's people where you do it. It's a summer job. You're a shitty actor, like whatever, right? Like there's people that do it just to get a buck. And then there's people that do it for life. And I haven't seen too many chefs happily retired. We don't have benefits. We don't have job security. Like the pandemic showed that. They don't give a fuck. And now they're coming up with T-1000s that are going to make hamburgers. (laughs) There's not a ton of redeeming quality. The hours are long. You cut yourself. You burn yourself money shit. If you don't love it, don't fucking do it. That's what I say. And if you do love it, you won't for long once you start doing
0: it. Believe it or not, there's this really incredible restaurant in Sacramento called The Kitchen and you would go there and it's like this experience. You're there for three hours. They don't like have tables in and out. There's a 7 p.m. hit time. There's a fixed menu every month. Each course is decadent and it's incredible. And it's like $250 for the the meal and everything. And you get wine pairings, and all the shit, right? And it's this real like event. You get to like talk to the chefs and talk to all the workers and everything while it's going on. And I remember asking one of them, the head chef that was like, so what do you cook for yourself at home? And he was just like, cereal. <laughs> I just eat cereal. i wonder if that's the same for you. You've cooked all the stuff. It's your job. And you're just like, what's the easiest shit I can do right now?
1: Peanut butter, jelly sandwich, bag of chips, can of Coke. Done. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every single day. I'm trained to do so. Is there a
0: decadence to your, or is it just like meat and potatoes, PB&J? Yeah,
1: what's the bread? What's the... Dude, JF peanut butter, and I alternate between grape strawberry or raspberry Are we going crunchy are we going smooth do i look like a fucking psychopath smooth
0: i like crunchy so i guess <laughs> you would do everything makes sense now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i like the crunch i like the texture it makes me feel like i made the peanut butter
1: that's why your handles talk hoops and not talk food you know what i mean
2: <laughs> he doesn't do that well either
1: i don't if someone serves
3: you a peanut butter sandwich with crunchy peanut butter are you
1: tasting it? Fuck you. Yeah, I'll eat the whole thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you seen some of the shit he said he would
1: try? Dude, like... <laughs> Here's the thing, right? Like, I would work sometimes 12, 14, 16 hours, food around me all day long, and I wouldn't take a bite, not a single bite, unless I was tasting something. Sometimes it would just be prep. So I'm not going to taste the raw onions because I know what a raw onion tastes like. But there would be days where I wouldn't even eat at all. And then I would come home and, like, I'll eat beans out of a can, dude. Damn. I do not give a fuck. <laughs> Do you understand? It's the path of least resistance. Cold? Just raw? Beans? It's been done. Yeah, it's happened. I'm not proud of it, but it's happened. I hate myself when I'm doing it, but I'm also being nourished, and it didn't take me any effort whatsoever. Can like Chef Boyardee? I'll fuck with that stuff, dude.
2: Oh, come
1: on. Frozen pizza? I'll fuck with that stuff.
2: Not the Chef Boyardee, though. That shit tastes like the can. It tastes like metal.
1: I agree, but here's the thing. You know what it doesn't taste like? Effort. (laughs)
0: You and I had an exchange where you had mentioned the PB&J and I was like grilled cheese and you were like, too much effort. Too much work.
1: (laughs) Too much work. I got to turn on the stove. I got to melt the butter. I got to do this. I got to do that. You got to wait for the cheese to melt. Dude, sometimes I won't even make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'll just do them open-faced, fold them in half and eat like a PB&J taco. (laughs) I don't want to take that extra step of putting the other piece on top of the other piece. The path of least resistance. Dude, it's hard. It's hard work being a chef and you could put in... 10, 15 miles in a 25 square foot space. It's not a lot of glamour and it's a lot of work. So when you get home, it's the last thing I want to do. And most chefs are like that. They just don't. They say janitors have the messiest houses and auto mechanics have the shittiest cars. Like it's just not something you want to do when, when you
2: go home. Is that real? No, that's not real. Yeah, bro. No, co- mechanics can't have the worst cars, man. It's
0: They don't want to work on their shit and they don't trust any of their <laughs> friends to do it for
2: free. <laughs> I guess we can put it like that.
3: Is there part of that where it's... You can't make a grilled cheese sandwich half-assed. If you do it, you're going to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I do enjoy just a plain processed cheese grilled cheese not every grilled cheese i make is like that scene from chef where john Favreau's <laughs> making the grilled cheese right yeah, yeah yeah. there are times when i make it like that but some most of the time i just i just need sustenance like it's not about the art
0: you weren't making a nine course meal for you and the hostess you're fucking like john favreau and <laughs> chef like that wasn't the thing
1: i will say this i am happily married currently but when i was single and working in, in restaurants never once not once did I fuck somebody I worked with?
2: Wow. wow. Uh, Way to not shit where you eat cook. Or eat where you shit.
0: Shit where you cook? Do not shit where you cook. No, I would take away that applause.
1: No. <laughs> why?
0: It adds some drama to it. Oh, I know. I know why. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah like, you know, it adds a little
0: spice. Yeah, I, know, I don't know
1: why I asked why. I... I need more drama like I need another fucking hole in my head, dude. Like, I do not. <laughs> like you said, don't shit where you eat. Don't shit where you cook. That was my number one thing. Don't make anything more complicated than it needs to be. You mentioned Chef.
3: First of all, what do you, how do you feel about that movie? And then what are some of your other favorite movies about food or cooking?
1: Love Chef. I think it's a phenomenal movie. I think it did a really good job of showing kind of both sides of the personality of a chef. The fact that on one hand, he's such a perfectionist and then on the other hand that he's like i just like the food burnt is a good one Bradley cooper that one's a little exaggerated as well i think that one's executive produced by ramsay so i think he had a hand in that
3: oh we'll have to have you back because that is
1: eligible for our show does it qualify okay we'll bookmark you for burnt i do that one because that's a good one big night love big night big night is phenomenal yeah what a movie the menu recently what did you think of the menu yeah it was good i really enjoyed it again A little cartoony, for sure. Yeah. You've got to get the chef to be the the villain in that movie. Although, maybe the guests were the villain.
0: Yeah, kind of the guests were... But if you were going to murder a bunch of people, wouldn't that be the way to do it? Mm. Spoiler alert. Something elaborate like that? that I mean...
1: No comment. (laughs) Smart. All right, so chef invites us somewhere. We are going to politely decline. An island, maybe? I'm not saying shit. That could be admissible in court one day. You know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. I just want a fucking cheeseburger, chef. No dry snitching on this podcast. And then there's TV shows, Party Down. Party Down's great. Mm. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. There was an old British show called Whites Mm -hmm. in reference to like Chef Whites. There was another one called Chef. Those were both good. I like British sitcoms. I like British humor in general. I was raised on Monty Python. And who's the one that chased around all the naked chicks? Benny Hill. Benny Hill. I would watch a lot of Benny Hill when I was younger. Out of all of them, those chefs probably my favorite. We always have a bunch of
0: like awards for the end of each movie that we do. And so one of them is the Michael Bean Memorial Ass. I don't know if you remember Michael Bean. He was in the first Terminator. Of course. He's maybe the worst actor we've ever had in cinephobe history with the movie. What was it? Deadfall?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: He was struggling with voiceover reading for narration it was bad and so who do you think did the worst job of portraying a character in waiting
3: travis Rezor is chet was a nomination he's the old friend who comes in at the last second leaves him the hundred and andy milanakis
1: is nick i was gonna say milanakis <laughs> he follows me on tiktok though so i should probably be yeah no. <laughs> but what the fuck's he gonna do he ain't gonna do shit <laughs> Yeah, I think you could take Milanakis pretty easy. I'm six foot two. I'll just hold my hand out and let him <laughs> swing it air.
2: Who do you think
0: did the best job? Who was the Carl Weathers Memorial Ass Off Award for you? Carl Weathers. Yeah, dude. This is something we've talked about a lot on the pod, but Carl Weathers, when he was <laughs> Apollo Creed in Rocky IV, spoiler alert, when he dies, that scene where he's on the ground convulsing, he did such a good job. The onset doctor got worried and checked on him wow that's
1: how good of an actor he is so yeah the carl weathers memorial ass off award okay all right shit you're asking me who is the best actor in a fucking low-rent comedy from 2005 <laughs> yes
2: yeah. that's right
0: exactly what we trafficking
1: in yeah who do we give it to we give it to alana Ubach for naomi mm-hmm. i could give it to her i would have said ryan reynolds but he's the same character in almost every movie like, mm-hmm. he's like the white comedy denzel washington <laughs> You know how Denzel just plays Denzel? It's the same guy every time, yeah. Or Arnold does the exact same thing. The thing I always love about Arnold, it's like, you're a New York City cop. Your father's been a New York City cop. Your grandfather was a New York City cop. <laughs> he just chimes in with a, that's right, with like a super thick Austrian accent, like totally just ignoring.
2: Detective John Kimbo.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I'm a cop, you with
1: <laughs> So yeah, I, I would give it to Alana. I would give it to her.
0: All right, and then our biggest question for every episode Chef reactions: Phobe or file? Phobe, you hate it. File, you like it, or you would watch it again? I actually fuck that. Give us a out of ten, and would you eat it? Ooh.
1: Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. If you asked me in two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand seven, I would have said ten out of ten. Yeah, this is the funniest movie I'd ever fucking seen in my life. Having rewatched it yesterday, and you fell asleep. Ah, give it a five and a half. Wow! Wow! Five yeah. and a half out of ten. Wow. wow. It didn't hold up. And I'm not talking about just because of like some of the jokes, because I like bad humor. You know what I mean? Like that stuff doesn't, I don't really get offended by anything, but I'm not the person that would get offended by those things. It just didn't hold up for me. I probably will never watch this movie again. Wow. I don't need to. Wow. I've seen it a hundred times. Yeah. I'm at the point now where it's like, I'm 40 years old. I've got a finite amount of time left on this planet. I don't need to spend any more of it watching shit that I've already seen 25 times. I'll never watch Chappelle's show ever again because I don't need to. Wow. I don't need to because I can recite it all from memory. Yeah, that's a fair point. I'll still reference it, but I haven't put it on in a while. I'll reference it, but like I just won't sit down and watch it. Maybe I'll catch a thing on YouTube, things like that. Like I'm just trying to stray away from re-watching the same shit. Um, So I don't think I need to watch this one again. Five and a half out of ten. Would watch if you haven't seen it. If you've already seen it, you don't need to rewatch it. Don't need to. Wow. It sounds like a tepid file to me. What do you guys think?
2: Sounds like a file.
1: Yeah, it's five and a half. I mean, it's over. Yeah. Five and a half over the limit. It's five and a half. It's over 50. That's a file. If you are a fan of raunchy comedy movies and you have not seen this movie, which I'd be shocked if you haven't and you are a fan of raunchy comedies, but if you haven't watch it. You will enjoy it.
2: I'm trying to think of the movie that I would not watch again, not because I don't like it, but because I've watched it enough. That's a good question. What would that be for you guys?
0: I don't know. I just keep rewatching the same shit over and over. Yeah, (laughs) That's
2: a bad.
3: (laughs) I don't feel like I need to watch Anchorman again. Oh, you know what?
1: I'm on board with that one as well.
3: Yeah, that's a good call. I know the parts that I remember. I'll watch the clips sometimes. I'll make the jokes but I'm not dying to put that on. I'd rather watch Step Brothers or Talladega Nights
2: if I'm doing a Will Ferrell movie. I watched Transformers, the movie, the cartoon, eight million times when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and like I used to swear by that movie. Was like a foundational thing for who I thought I was. Of and then I watched it ten years ago, and I was like, "This is horrendous." Bro, I almost watched that
1: last night. No joke. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I almost watched it last night. Cause- the cartoon
2: one? The animated one?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because two nights ago, I watched G.I. Joe, the movie. Oh, oh yeah. my
2: God. That's a file.
1: Cobra Law. Yeah. I watched that one. And so I was like, fuck, maybe I want to watch the, the Transformers animated movie. I'm going to have to check it out.
2: Dude, man. When Optimus Prime died. That shit moved me, man. Spoiler. I heard <laughs> Mine would be the second Jurassic. Oh, The Lost World? The Lost World, yeah. Oh, I like that one. What are you talking about, man?
1: I like that movie, too.
0: The only part I really like is when they're going through San Diego. Everything else, just whatever. But Jurassic 1 and 3, I'm all in. (laughs) 3 is. 3 is so good. But then the new Jurassic Parks. I like the first Jurassic World. I think it's good. Oh, yeah. Jurassic The second one is good enough up until the last, like, 30 minutes. The latest one was a complete shit show.
1: It was garbage. Awful. I don't know if you guys are like me, but, like, Let's say a new movie in a franchise comes out. I'm the type where I need to rewatch all the movies that were already in that franchise Mm -hmm. in order to refresh
2: my brain. So by way of example, there's a new Indiana Jones coming out. Oh, yeah, I'll be watching all of those. Even Crystal Skull. Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. I've only seen Crystal Skull once. That's all you need.
1: I know, but there's a nostalgia element to it, right? He survives a nuclear blast in a fridge. Dude, what the fuck? Spoiler. <laughs> what kind of fucking movie podcast is this? You're just <laughs> dropping spoilers on that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But no, I'm that type. When the big tentpole Marvel movies come out, okay, now I got to watch Winter Soldier again for the 10th time.
2: damn, that's, that's some homework, man.
1: Yeah, it's probably like a little bit of OCD. Maybe, I guess you could call it that. But I like doing that. Star Wars, I'm the same with Star Wars. I'll rewatch that shit when a new one comes out. Fast and the Furious? Oh, fuck, nah. Like, I'll watch certain ones over again.
0: The 10th one's a mess, man. Let me tell you, it is an absolute mess. And I fucking love that franchise. And I was upset after I watched the 10th one.
1: I'm still going to watch it. John Cena in this one? Mm -hmm. I'm a big wrestling fan, so I'll watch it probably just for that reason alone. But yeah, some of them are... Pretty not good. Like, I'll watch Tokyo Drift a million times.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I mean seen. That's the only one I've ever watched. Really? I've never seen any other Fast and Furious. You've never seen those movies? (laughs)
1: Bro, I'm envious, almost.
2: To have my innocence, to have my virginity when it
1: comes to Fast and Furious. Do you guys ever wish there was something like, you remember in Men in Black, the memory eraser? The
2: neuralizer?
1: Yeah, (laughs) I wish that there was that for
2: movies. So do we. So that I could
1: experience my favorite movies for the first time over again
3: oh well we want it so
1: that we can forget some of the things we've had to watch <laughs> <laughs> that too you guys have probably watched some bullshit mostly cats then again i've watched some bullshit too i watch a lot of bad movies when i used to have to pay to rent them all i would just grab whatever the fuck was there oh like Redbox? no blockbuster going to blockbuster dude
2: he's all about going in and getting the tape from the- oh yeah
1: they used to have these buildings that housed vhs tapes and uh <laughs> you would go into them oh trust me I rated those things. All right. So Chef Reactions,
0: you'll be back for Tokyo Drift. You'll be (laughs) back for Burnt. Make sure you're checking out at Chef Reactions on every fucking platform. This man just quit his job. He just quit that steady paycheck to give you content. And it's my family's favorite content. You know, it's some of my favorite content out there as well.
1: Appreciate you, dude.
0: The bear. Yay or nay? One last
1: thing. Oh, yay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, a little cartoony. You're making Italian beef sandwiches. You need beef, peppers, and bread. Like how the fuck like <laughs> you know what I mean? They're they're scrambling. They can't figure it out.
2: They're so stressed. <laughs> they're so
1: stressed. They got more people working in that kitchen than I've ever had working in one kitchen at any given time ever. Oh my god. So in my head I'm like, how many fucking Italian beef sandwiches, do you need to sell just to cover your overhead? (laughs) Your labor must be through the roof. Like, that's the type of shit that I think of when I watch these movies, right? When I see people doing industry things, I'm like, "Mm, that ain't going to work. But yeah, I do thoroughly enjoy The Bear. I'm excited for season two to come back. I tried to get in as a cameo. I tried to weasel my way in as a cameo, Mm. but they weren't having it. I'm not there yet which is okay.
0: I tried it with Sharknado a long time ago. It didn't work Sharknado. for me either. Yeah. I didn't need a close-up shot. I just wanted to
1: get killed in the background. No, they didn't care. You could have met Ian Zeering, bro.
0: Oh, my God.
1: That's the dream right there. Steve Sanders, legend. Jeff, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. I had a great time.
3: Thank you, Chef. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade.